You're listening to a message from the church at Rutledge. For more information about TCAR, please visit thechurchatrutledge.org. Well, let me just let you know this week starts home teams for us. That's our small groups, and so hopefully you'll get connected into one of those. Um, You can always come see myself or... Rita, where's Rita? Scanning, scanning right there. Um, you can talk to any of these guys that was on stage and say, how do I get connected to a home team? And so uh, that starts our small groups. Great way to get, to get connected to our church. Looking forward to that starting on Wednesday, especially the, the new kind of arrangement we're doing at the Awanas group and including uh, adult conversation time in that and including more of the parents involved with their children. I'm excited about that part. And so um, please come hang out with us, try a couple of those home teams and see where you might fit in. Um, Last Sunday was really great. Um, And God and his word are so good. His timing for things always good. Um, I love the song Tyler was singing this morning. And out of everything you get this morning from the scripture to things I'll talk about, I hope that uh, the song he was singing, that 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 echoes in your mind of Christ is enough for me. In him is everything I need. Uh, Above anything else, above um, having the perfect church, having the perfect pastor, having perfect people around you, having a perfect family, wife, husband, uh, job, that all of that is irrelevant to the fact that in Christ we have everything we need. Um, so I know Tyler just prayed, but um, I'd like for us one more time um, to just go to the Father and, and pray this morning. So, Father, uh, as I do every day, today I need you. And this morning, right now, in our brokenness, there's people here that they're, they're hurting. We need your healing. Father, in our apathy, we need your love and your passion to just ignite us. Father, for those just in a place of celebration, we just want to give you praise and, and thank you and, and honor you in that because everything good comes from you. So you just guide us and lead us this morning. May your words speak and just lead us. May your words be heard above anything else that's spoken that you through your Holy Spirit would just move hearts, change lives. And I know today will be great just like any other Sunday, Father, where we lift you high above everything else. I know some of today is going to be hard in the talk and some things will be hard to maybe grasp or even accept, whether it's from your word, whether it's from uh, things we talk about. But, But Father, in the end, may you be glorified and may we go... Um, after you with even more passion and love because of how you change us today. You are building your church. This church is among your bride, and as your kingdom advances, Father, may we follow you and go with you as you lead. Thank you for blessing us in so many ways over the years. I'm just so thankful, Father, to be a part of it and see what you're going to do in the future. 
And we thank you for the hard times as well as the good times, those times where you're teaching us things and we learn and those times that we can celebrate. And we thank you for forgiveness through the cross of Jesus. May we model that. We thank you for the new life we can have through the power of your resurrection, power of the Holy Spirit. And so we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So last Sunday we were in Hebrews 6, and I'm going to look back at that for a moment and kind of springboard out of that into Matthew 11 um, for just a moment before I share some things with you about how those that path relates to us and where we are um, even as a church and where you may be individually. Um, but let's look at Hebrews 6 again just to remind of what we talked about last week so we can see how that impacts uh, what we're talking about today. But Hebrews 6 Uh, 10 through 20 is where I'm going to look at. It says, For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name. In having ministered, and, and so just talking about general ministering to people and in still ministering to the saints, so to those inside and outside the church, God is aware of, of everything that people do in the church that that the good that they do for people and the hard work that they put in, the love that they show people um, because of Jesus flowing through them and ministering to people. He sees it, he knows, um, and, it, and it, will, it will prevail in what God has for it. And we desire that each one, I love this in here if you look at it, because he gives this individual idea of, And we desire that each one, individually, of you show the same diligence that each and every one of you are passionate about this, so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those, and then it gives this corporate picture, imitators of those together who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And so I say this often at weddings as I officiate Um, weddings, one of the things that usually always comes out of me is uh, for your marriage to become everything that God designed for it to be and hoped it would be, for that to become everything God wanted it to be, you have to individually become, the, the talking to the man and the woman in that marriage, you have to become everything God wanted you to be individually. You have to do your part so that together it's everything that God wanted it to be everything he dreamed it would be. If just one person isn't doing their part, it hinders that one flesh togetherness relationship. And and so, and and here's the thing too, just to throw this in there. Um, You don't get a pass because the other one isn't doing their part. Because that's what we do, isn't it? We go, I know I'm supposed to be doing those things, God, and I know I'm supposed to be doing this part, but look at what I've got to work with. Look at, like... Don't I get some grace here because he isn't, she isn't doing what she's supposed to do? And, and you aren't going to stand before God and, and him say, um, oh, man, I understand. Hey, Cena, you were married to Brady, and so we're going to just give you some grace, okay? We under, I totally understand, okay? Sorry for the mistake I made on that one, okay? He's, that's, that's not how it works, okay? It's just going to be you're going to be accountable for your part, Okay, and and so that that really applies to all areas of our life, even individually, in in where we are with the church and what we do and 
what that is corporately. We all got to do our part in it. And just because somebody else isn't doesn't mean we don't, you know? For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And you need to go back and listen to last week to, to really get a deeper... I, can, I don't have time to go back and explain all that about that. And this is Abraham and God making the promise to him. And 25 years pass before anything even happens that gives him any hope about that promise. Before there's a child that could be the, the line through which all nations would be blessed. 25 years. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves... And with them, an oath is given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God desiring even more, this is probably my favorite part in this section of this scripture, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise, who was the heirs of the promise that we talked about? Who are the heirs of the promise of Abraham? It's us, right? the church, right? It's Christians, it's all those people after that place their faith in Christ. To the heirs of the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose. He has a purpose for us. There's this overarching purpose in the world of what God is doing. He's building his church. He, he's through that glorifying himself and, and bringing people to himself. And we individually have parts and roles to play in that overarching. He has a purpose for you that accomplishes the overall purpose that he's doing in the world. Interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And I love that picture of that anchor, that Jesus is our anchor that's gone in behind the veil. And it's just like, I just thought about this this week as I was, as going back over this. You know, you throw an anchor in the water, and you can't see it anymore. You know? And it's Jesus behind the veil going in there. And in this time, it's Jesus. It's not something we physically see. It's by faith that, that, that it's there. Okay? And so we have to trust in what He is doing and have faith in Christ and have that hope of one day we will be before him, seeing him face to face and receiving the rewards for having endured to the end. But God had made a promise to Abraham to bless him and multiply him that through the purpose God had for Abraham's life that all people would be blessed, that, all, that, that others would be blessed, all nations would be blessed, and God wants to continue to use us, desiring even more. He's saying, even more than I wanted this for Abraham, I want this for everybody else the unchangeableness of his purpose, that we would not get sluggish, that we would not miss out. And so God's doing this great purpose, and the church is the launch pad for that purpose, for what he's doing. Okay? In, you know, um, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. That, that's what God, that's what Jesus is doing in the world, is building his church. It's the platform, the vehicle he's using to get his work done. And I would just say this, as a Christ follower, you cannot be who God made you to be and accomplish his purpose for you disconnected from the church. 
you, you can't be disconnected from the body and, and fulfill all that that he wanted you to do. Now, I want to emphasize one point that maybe wasn't clear last week, okay? And this is just a little side note. It's in, it's in my nature DNA to just throw these things in here, okay? But I'm not saying that whatever you think God's... I mentioned this briefly, but it's not whatever you just think God's promise is. It's what he's truly promised and what his word says and what he, only what he's actually, actually promised. Because we talk ourselves into thinking God's promised us stuff that... He's just never really promised us because we have this thinking of, oh, I love God and God loves me and he would go so far as to send his son to die on the cross for me and, and, and so he loves me and he wants me to be happy. Eh, mistake number one, okay? And, and so he wants you to be holy, okay, which leads to eventual happiness. But if we seek happiness, we'll eventually be unholy. But it's, that's a whole other deal. But it's a thing of we, there's promises that we think he's made and we're like, he just he wants me to be happy, and so what? What would make me happy? And I know he wants me to have a job, and I'm supposed to make money. I'm supposed to provide for my not only for myself and my family, but there's a scripture that says I'm to make enough to not only take care of me, but to help other people who need help. Okay, so he wants me to have this like really good job, and I really I look at this. Here's this job, and they need people, and they're hiring people, and so I'm gonna apply for that job. Oh wait a minute, I didn't get that job. God, what's wrong with you? You promised me I'd have that job. We talk ourselves into this path that, that God's... It doesn't, it doesn't say in Scripture, thou shalt have that job. You know, there's, there's no promise of certain things that we think is in our minds. In fact, it may be just the opposite. He wants to teach us how to, you know, uh, be content in all situations. Let's work on that first. Then we'll get you a job, okay? And so we just don't know, but, but we, you know, it happens that way with even boyfriend, girlfriend, and, and husband, wife, whatever. We talk ourselves into, God wants me to be happy, and, and somehow I've intersected with this person, and maybe, it, you know, and so God wants me to be with this person, and, and, but yet that person may or may not be a Christian, and you're thinking God wants you to be with that person, and um, there's all kinds of stuff, premarital sex, and all that stuff going on, and you're like, and then it doesn't work out. It never gets to where you think it should get to. And there's all these problems. And you're like, God, you're just failing me in your promise. Because I thought we were supposed to be together. Not his promise. It was just your own miscalculation. A good sign that it's not a promise from God is, is if what's going on is against his word. Then it's not from God. Okay? But back to the t- today's point and what we're talking about. God is building his church. Okay? The kingdom of God is advancing, and sometimes we can get left behind if we aren't careful, much like the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years, missing out on, a, on that promise. And so here is how that can happen. Let's look at Matthew 11. This is some serious... There's some serious implications to these verses that um, I think are worth looking at. It can be kind of scary looking at these verses, but it, it pushes us into a place of understanding the only thing we can't lose is Christ. If we are His, if we are a child of God, then everything we need is in Him. Our, all our joy should come from Him, and he is all we, He's all we need. Everything else can be flipped upside down and changed, and we don't understand it but we can still be okay because our identity, our value, our purpose, all that stuff is wrapped up in him, not in all this other stuff. Okay, now this is John the Baptist. Okay, amen, he's Baptist? No, okay. John the Baptizer, okay.
Okay? Now, when John, while imprisoned, this is long after. This is after, you know, he's proclaimed, standing out in the wilderness, proclaiming, baptizing people. Jesus comes along. He says, behold, there he is. Introduces him, baptizes Jesus. All that, like all these amazing things that happened. Okay? Incredible stuff. But now, for the cause of Christ, John finds himself imprisoned, probably facing death. At this point, he's sitting in prison. He's going, this just isn't good. And so when John, while imprisoned, heard of the works of Christ, he's like, I'm hearing all this stuff he's doing. Okay, saw him at the river. Dove thing was really cool. And now I'm in jail and he's out there doing all that amazing stuff. Okay, so he heard of the works of Christ. He sent word by his disciples and said to him, this is the craziest question. Okay. This is, this is the guy who, when, of course, he may not remember this part, when he was in his mother's womb, and he meets Mary, and, G, and, there, and Jesus is in his mother's womb, and John leaps in his mother's womb because he, he senses, because Jesus is in the room, you know? This, this is that guy, and he is saying to Jesus, are you the expected one? Or should we look for somebody else? Isn't that crazy? To get to that point, because of his circumstances, because he's in jail, because things aren't the way he hoped they would be, now he's going to start to doubt and go, well, I don't even know that Jesus is really the one we were looking for. Maybe I proclaimed the wrong guy to the world. Maybe I baptized the wrong dude. I don't know if he would have said dude, but you know, okay? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. In other words, just tell him that what the evidence shows you. Just, just tell him the fruit of, what the actions show, because words can be useless. He says, The blind receive sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And here's a neat, this is the kicker on the end of this. And blessed is he who does, does not take offense at me. One version says, or stumble over me. Another version would say, does not fall away because of me. In other words, blessed is he that, that doesn't get in some bad circumstances and start to doubt and not stay the course and just sit down and get sluggish like Hebrew says, and are no longer diligent. Isn't that amazing? All that good stuff. But because John couldn't see it, his faith wavered. He began to doubt and questioned. Do we ever do that? Anybody with me on that? You're just like, I, just, I don't even know. I'm, I'm not even sure about this stuff. Because of the circumstances. God is at work but we are in such a tough spot that we begin to question everything we believe. And we start to go, is, is this really all true? Is Jesus really the one? I'm just going to sit back and wait and see. Right? And he goes on to say, verse 7, As these men were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. He said, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? 
a reed shaken by the wind. But what did you go out there to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. But what did you go out there to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and one who is more than a prophet. This is the one about whom is written, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. In other words, God doesn't do things the way we expect him to do it. Like, these guys were expecting Jesus to come in and uh, politically change things, literal change of kings physically and in what was going on in the nations and rule over that on the earth. And so, so he's asking, what do you expect to go out there and see some guy that looks like a king? I'm sorry it doesn't look the way you thought it would look, but this is how I work. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Okay? And that part right there is really confusing. I'm just going to tell you right off the bat. In, in all my research and everything I did, it's like, it's hard to find a pastor who preaches on that particular verse, on that topic right there, to find articles written on it, blogs written on it. It's just like kind of a question mark. But out of everything I do find and I read, and when you break down these words and you start doing all that really uh, snooty pastor stuff that we do where we look up Greek words and break it all down and, and think we're real intelligent and all that stuff, okay? Um, it, it's it's the, like the New Living Translation would say, the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, okay? Um, and, and then there's that implication of suffering violence in other translations, and that's where most of them go, okay? But there's these words, when you break down the words and you start to look at all that stuff, it's words that mean things like those two words of suffer violence, and it's kind of one thing in Greek, but it's this thing of forcibly entered or forcibly entered through vital activity or to urge um, one reference, and it's referred here, this story is also in Luke, and it's referred to as having this implication of eagerness to receive the gospel in an agitated state of mind. Okay? In other words, I'm so glad that, 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 that's, that that's there, but it's really aggravating that it's this way. Okay? That, that you've got these circumstances, and you're, there's turmoil, and there's all this stuff around it, but, but there's an eagerness for that gospel to come. Okay? In other words, I mean, when, when, when he, we kind of land in one place about all this, it's this, there's this great kingdom and great things are happening, but there's this conflict all around it. Okay, we can just boil it down to that, of what this is saying, okay? There's a fight going on while this thing moves forward, okay? And you can go to all kinds of places about spiritual warfare and... Um, how, how our fight is not against flesh and blood, but the principalities, the air. It's a good and evil thing. It's the spirit. It's a spiritual battle going on, okay? Which plays itself out a lot of times literally between people. But until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. It's forcefully advancing. It's moving, and yet there's all this conflict around it. And violent men take it by force. Some versions would say, and forceful men take hold of it. You boil all that down, it comes down to this thing of, it's not easy to follow Jesus. Okay? But it's worth it. 
For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, John himself is Elijah who was to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? And, okay, and I'm not going to read all that because it basically it says, okay, there's these people and they played songs to dance to and the kids didn't dance. They played songs that you would mourn to, but they didn't mourn. He goes on to talk about how, um, you know, John didn't eat and didn't drink and they criticized him. He he's, has a demon in him or something. And then Jesus ate and drank and they called him a glutton and a drunkard and friend of sinners and all this stuff. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds, but yet their actions showed otherwise, but people didn't even get it, who they were and what they were doing. It's like, here it was playing before you, but you didn't get it, okay? No matter what music was played, it didn't matter. No matter what they ate or drank, it didn't matter, right? It's, it's kind of that thing of no matter what they did, they were criticized. Danged if you do, danged if you don't, right? Been there, done that, right? Some people just miss the point sometimes. And then he goes into talking about these cities who saw God do amazing things. It's like all this great stuff happened in these cities and, and miracles that happened, yet the people were unrepentant and never even acknowledged it or saw it and never advanced with the kingdom because it, it just totally went right by them. They didn't take hold of what God was doing. They didn't even see it. In our immediate circumstances, our temporary Immediate circumstances can cause us to miss what God is doing. We get sluggish and we just, we miss out on it. And then, then, then everybody around us suffers because we're not what we're supposed to be. Then the body, if it's the church, isn't what it's supposed to be. And we even get to the point of doubting who he is. And when one, at one time we were so sure and then we find ourselves going, is Jesus really the one? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this really it? Or should I look somewhere else or in someone else? Like we were so, so sure when we started this church, okay? Still am, okay? So sure when we started this church that we wanted a place, we wanted to make sure that everybody felt welcome here. That's why we make the environments the way we do. It's why we serve coffee. It's why we greet people. It's why we love on people. It's why we do what we do here because all of us had been places and we'd saw people say, don't really go to church, don't want to go to church because you sit in somebody's pew and they kick you out. They just act like they don't even want you there, okay? Sorry, didn't see the brass plate. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it just, it was that kind of environment that, that we said, you know, don't want to do that. We wanted everybody to feel welcome no matter what they looked like, what their life was like, that you could walk in, be loved here and accepted while pointing people to the life that God had for them. A place of healing and shelter, a place where we could be real about following Jesus because it is messy and it's not always easy and we do fall down and we do mess up and what do we do when that happens? We saw over and over again that this was a church that doesn't shoot its wounded, but looks to restore people, to reconcile, to help people. Not say, oh, you messed up, you're out. That Jesus really was the head of the church and not the pastor. 
not the deacons, and not the patriarch or the matriarch or whatever it was. We knew for sure, one of the things when we started this church, we knew for sure we never wanted to be a deacon-led church. This is one of our mottos, pretty much, right? Besought to have what we really wanted was, who cares? Let's have strong relationships, integrity, and character that regardless of the system, we did this together. That's how it can work. A place that sought after the younger generations, that was a big deal to us that cared deeply about our children and the community, wanted to be involved in our kids' spiritual upbringing, not just send them off to the doctor to get them well, send them off to school to get them educated, send them off to church to get them spiritually fed. But we're the primary people in their lives, the parents, right? We wanted to change the way Christians were being seen in our community, that we were people who served, right? Right? We're here to serve and love our community. And we were very intentional about that. I mean, over and over and again, I, I mean, everybody I interact with, I still do it. Whether it's a, in the chaplain's program, chief police, sheriffs, sitting down with any of our county officials, if I ever get a chance to talk to them, I just look at people and say, hey, I'm not here, I'm not, I don't want to be in charge of anything. Okay. I just want to know if you need help with something that I can help you with, I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve. I love my community. Thank you for what you do. Is there anything I can do to, our church can do to help you? Right? And that happened. And it was awesome. Right? Lives were being healed. God broke addictions in people, healed people, saved people. We baptized people like crazy. We changed the scene of church in Granger County, really. I mean, there's things we've done that now, now we go, well, we do we need to keep doing that? Because everybody else is doing it now, too. I mean, it's just, it, 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 it changed some of the, the way things were looked at. We became a catalyst for that change. And Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, has been working miracles in this community. And that began back in 2003. You know, we were at Kingswood for 10 years in the chapel down there. We thought we'd just be there like three to five years. We ended up being there ten years, right? Um, which we're very thankful for. They were very gracious with that for us to overextend. But then there came that period of time when they looked at us and said, uh, you need to be out in six months, okay? It was like, the huh? Like what? You know? Okay. Uh, what are we going to do? Because it's not like there's some mini mall you can go rent a space in or a strip center or or any of that kind of stuff in Granger County where you can just go find a building to get into, you know? And so it was like, uh, I remember us sitting in a meeting going, I I even went to Ricky and Williams and said, is it possible to even build a building in six months? And he was like, yeah. And then a little caveat, should be able to. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, but construction doesn't always go the way you hope it would go. You know, there's all that stuff too. Um, it always costs more, takes longer than you think. But in like six and a half months, this got done. And we had to take 10 feet of dirt off that hill up there and put it here. And that happened in six and a half months and built this. It was, it was incredibly crazy to see a church come together like they did and make this happen. It was such a group effort. Everybody sacrificed and did, and it was amazing. And so, August 2013, here we are, 
uh, we had our first service in here. And about that time, and, 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 and there it again, it was, all, it was man proclaiming Jesus, uh, addictions are broken, uh, lives are being changed, uh, amazing stuff's happening. And then all of a sudden, there's this division that started to surface in 2013 in the church. Maybe a little bit before that, but it really came to surface in that time. And just being honest, the deacons were divided. The deacons were, some of them were divided with me. And as parents would not argue in front of their children... We kind of said, we can handle this amongst ourselves. We can take care of this. Let's, we don't need to go out and argue in front of the kids. It's not something we need to take out in front of the church. Because it didn't, it didn't involve anybody else here. It was really just had to do with people in that group. And we didn't bring our disagreements into the church. You know, that's one of the things we've always talked about. If you've got a problem with somebody, go talk to that person. You know, people come to me and... Hey, so-and-so, I was in the nursery, and they said this, and it really offended me. Well, did you, talk, did you talk to them about it? Well, no, but... Okay, go do that, okay? Um, be adults and do that. So we, we sought to, do, you know, just take care of things amongst ourselves, and even though we could all see it and we named it, like, we could sit around a table and go... It's spiritual warfare, and Satan's trying to divide us, and, you know, that's just it's what's happening, and we'd all go, yeah. And then they'd go back to that division. It was like, you could see it, but it, but it still was there, right? And what it comes down to is Satan used good people to create what just came to seem to be irre- irre- irreconcilable differences, Okay? Need more coffee to be able to say that. And what seemed to be, this is part of it too, what seemed to be, you know, we, we say it this way around here. In essential beliefs, we have, we got to have unity. In non-essential beliefs, we have liberty, but in all things love. And it was as if non-essential things got turned into essential things and love got thrown out the window. And it began to behave that way. And so there was an agreement that none of the disagreements, uh, which were mostly like vision stuff or how to get there or um, my leadership style or whatever that may be, um, those disagreements, um, they were going to just stay... um, those guys, there was some of them decided, well, we're going to step off as deacons, but we want to stay here because we love this church, and we just, but we won't go out here and talk about these things and do that, and um, we'll just carry on. It'll be okay. You know, you have a disagreement. It's not a sin issue. It's not a, it's not a, it's not necessarily a right or wrong thing. I would say the way you handle it is what it comes back to is, is what can become right or wrong. Uh, but agreed to step off, not leave, and we won't go out here and talk about it. But obviously that wasn't the case. It wasn't what happened, and it wasn't what had been happening. Um, And eventually a few of those guys left, and they took a lot of people with them. Just had that undersurface of talking and conversations and taking as many people with them as they could. 
And, and what's hard about all that, to go through something like that, is what God was leading us to. Like, like when you look at the path we were on, and you get there and you see the... I mean, it's almost like you could see the fear on Satan's face of, oh my goodness, look, what, look what's coming. Look what's happening in that place. I've, got, I've tried everything I can. I've tried stopping it from outside. I've tried to use other churches to criticize. I've tried to use uh, not letting them in the schools to get started. Satan's like, I've tried to do all these things, but yet it's still happening. So the only thing left is I've got to to divide that leadership. I've got to somehow get in there and mess that up. And when I look at what God's leading to, I I mean, if you think about it, for those of of you that were here, you go, Man, if you look at the budget where it had grown to, if you look at the, the people, the, how things had come along, if you'd think about if all those people were here with all these people that are now here, um, now that David and Tyler have come along, and uh, you just go, man, we are just so positioned for some incredible stuff. I mean, it would be crazy the way things would be. And Satan knew, I, I got I to... Gotta, Got to calm that down, okay? Opportunities in Honduras, where we've, we've come along with the seminary that's down there and sponsoring two pastors, planting churches down there. Um, stuff like the chaplain program, the backpacks for the school and the food and where Operation Christmas Child had grown to. If you look at everything that was going on, it's just like, man, it's just, it's incredible, right? And God had done some amazing stuff. And God used good people to cause harm to the bride of Christ, period. To attack your church, okay? And some of you, some, some would even, not some of you, some, some, some of those folks would even hurt, they're, they're even so far as willing to hurt lost people, in their efforts to attack this church. It's, it was, it's sad. And there's still those efforts out there. And I, and I just, I, I want to boil it down. One of the, I, I talk about our board and the deacons and our staff. You'll get to meet them in just a minute because I'm going to introduce those guys because I go, we talk about this all the time and people don't even know who most of those people are. And they don't care that everybody knows who they are, okay? But... So they're enduring this for me, okay? And because we feel like this is necessary, but one of, one of our current deacons wrote this, and I thought it most eloquently said this. It would be the most helpful to focus on the overarching issues, which to me can be boiled down to this. One, lack of communication with the appropriate people and excessive communication with the wrong people. Number two, different views on effective leadership styles and church structure. And three, forgetting that the church is not a place for its members to serve themselves, but a platform to reach people outside of its walls. I'll just say this about um, the leadership styles before I say a couple personal things. I am a relational type leader. Like you just got to be around me for 30 minutes and hang out with me and it's I'm not administratively gifted. I'm not type A 
you do this, you do this, you do this, get it done, or the hammer comes down kind of guy. I am a relational, let's do this together, what do you think, how are you doing, type leader, okay? And I think, um, just like, I, I mean, I think about that story with John the Baptist, and, and they go, well, what did you expect? What were you looking for? And it's like, I know you were thinking he would be different, but that's how God works. And so I would just say, I, I don't understand it all myself, I just know... God called me to do this, and here I am doing it, and that's, that's me and my strengths, and what would you expect, okay? And there were times, if there's two places that I, that I feel like I failed, amongst others, because I'm no perfect pastor, never will be, but we don't shoot our wounded. We're there for each other. We're going to help each other move forward. Okay? I feel like I failed in protecting the flock as its shepherd. In a, but out of a heart to love and preserve those guys. And it ended up hurting more people here. And maybe should have just let that go earlier. But I just never wanted to. And two, maybe there were times where in an attempt to be that leader that I think I perceived some of those guys wanted, I got confused about who I was. I got confused about what was needed for the church. And so maybe I didn't lead from where I needed to lead from. And, and now I'm in a place... And you go, this has been two years. Well, it was, you can't imagine the stuff that's gone on for two years, even in a pursuit to reconcile and love and bring people back to a place of just peace. Um, but for two years, I've been leading from a, a place myself of hurt and brokenness. I understand, okay? Trying to be the pastor, I can't being told we needed during this season instead of the one God placed me here to be and made me to be. Uh, you guys know it led me to being in the emergency room a couple times over the past couple years, and that's why I took a couple months here this summer and under the instruction of the leadership and other people, and we've had people outside of this to help come in and help guide us through a lot of stuff, and I finally filled out my intake form for counseling. Don't tell nobody, Okay. But And I have to go, I'm not above what I recommend for other people to do. There's times I look at some of you guys and go, well, you know, it might be good to go sit with somebody and, that is more trained in that than I am. Because I'm just going to look at you and tell, just love Jesus and follow Him and it'll be okay. Okay? That's not the total extent of my counseling, okay? But, but it revolves around that, okay? Um, and so... I just want to make sure I process it right and, 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 and that I'm not getting into a place of bitterness and, and operating in a way that I shouldn't be operating for myself and that there's not hurts that I'm functioning out of. And, and, and so taking care of that stuff with myself and the help of our leadership and our board. Uh, took a four-day sabbatical. Never done that before. Fifteen years of pastoring here. And just went 
away to a cabin on the lake that somebody provided and, and uh, just read my Bible and prayed and hung out with Jesus for four days. Not that I don't the rest of the time, but intense for those four days. And I want to stay healthy and keep going because I don't want to miss what God has planned. I don't want to miss the promise because I know why he started this church. I know what this is supposed to be. I, I know why I'm here, and I, and I don't want to miss that. And it's hard losing friends, brothers, sisters in Christ who you thought you'd go to the grave with. People you thought would... It'd always be there and you'd never give up on each other. And it hurts. Because I'm a relational leader, okay? And I, I, I just... I can't lead from a place that says, Hey, you guys home teams, connect, do life together. This is how the Acts 2 community is supposed to work and then go, but I'm exempt from it because I'm the pastor and the leader. And I, and I don't need those kind of connections and stuff. And it's not worth it. And people are always just going to see me as the pastor. They're never going to see me as a friend or a brother or sister in Christ or, you know, whatever it is. I, I can't do that. I can't lead and say this is what you do biblically as a Christian and then not do it myself, Right? And so, in that difference of relational leader to executive administrative leader, in all this that has happened, it's, it's weakened my strengths, made me insecure about who God made me to be. And I'm learning how to get back to just being who God called me to be here. And the goal with the people who have left, regardless of lies and slander and gossip and not all of them have done that some have left well because it comes back to that thing of it's okay to have differences and leave just leave well just do it the right way not the wrong way and some did it the right way some didn't and we've always sought to reconcile with with any of those people i've spent two years and the leadership has spent endless amounts of time pursuing people. We have never given up. We've never tried to hinder them going to another church. Had the opportunity to do that and said, no, don't want to do that. Always want to make it possible for there to be a way that they can come back here and it not be judgmental or awkward or, or have that baggage of all that. It's always been our heart. Never wanted to do anything to make it where anyone couldn't come back to TCAR and be a part of it. As long as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. And I'm satisfied with that. Wish I could do more, but you can't make people reciprocate that effort. I'll tell you one thing it's done. It's deepened my dependence on God more than style or methods or government of the church or leadership strategies or other people. It's God. And Jesus is the one. And I'm going to follow Him. And it has really... It's got us in a difficult place. There's no lie about that. I mean, you look at our finances. We're in a really tough spot. Okay? 
tough decisions are being made. Um, we knew our budget would go down this year because of things. Went from 221000 to 165.5. Our loan on this building is 280000 We pay $1,905.72 a month on the building. There's basically about 14 acres altogether here. Uh, but currently, we're declining in our funds by $2,000 a month, give or take. It's hard to figure out because you go, well, there was that deal with camp, and we spent that money, and um, that was a big chunk all at once, and then there's this. Are we really draining that much a month? So it's like $1,800, $2,000 a month we're losing. And when you go, there's $14,000 left in the checking account, you got about six, seven months, okay? Everybody's like, you just run my lunch, Okay. And I'm just, I'm just letting you know where it's at. I mean, you, you get, this is your church. You, you need to know where things are at, okay? And so the only thing left where we're at is we, you have fixed expenses, and you can't change that. I mean, you've got to pay the electric bill. You've got to pay the mortgage payments. You've got to do all this stuff. Um, so we adjusted and took all of our pay down at the beginning of the year. That was one of the big things that happened. Uh, we stopped paying Rita altogether. Um, and everybody's pay went down. And, um, and so where we're at is the only thing else we can adjust at this point is to do more payroll adjustments, more things with our staff, okay? Um, so questions are being asked and talked about. Does, do I go part-time? Does David go part-time? Do we give Tyler and Nikki a pink slip and lay them off? Do we, I mean... You start asking those questions. What because something has to happen, and if if things don't change here, on that level, we're we're trying to do things like sell the bus, sell the the uh, the trailer out here, the pull behind. There's things we're trying to do to kind of extend that length of time out. Love to make it to the end of the year without making any of those changes, but within two months, you got to do something when you're at this point. And I know a lot of the solution. We've seen it. God has brought people along and done amazing things in this church in the past. God's always taken care of us. And it doesn't make me doubt for a minute, is Jesus still the one? Are we still supposed to be doing this? Yeah, we are. And we're going to keep doing it. Okay? It's okay. I mean, I mean, there's things we just have to realize about where it's at. I mean, Tyler just got married. Congratulations. Welcome back. <laughs> you know, yeah, great, great service to come back to. Um, <laughs> But they just got married. I mean, Tyler will be graduating from Carson Newman in December. You're going to need a full-time job, okay? Just letting you know to help you out here, okay? Um, he's, he's going to need a full-time job. Are we going to be able to do that next year? More than likely not if something doesn't drastically change, miraculously change, okay? I mean, there's just realities to the thing that you guys need to understand, and, um, but it's okay, may not be what we hoped for. As John the Baptist found out, you know, things get tough sometimes, but it'll be okay. The kingdom is advancing, and we just want to fulfill our role in it and do what we're supposed to do. In the meantime, I, I love where this passage kind of ends itself um, or resolves to um, something that's said at the end of this story. In Matthew eleven twenty eight. it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And here was the big thing that stood out to me. 
and learn from me. So when you look at Jesus' life, what do you learn from him? I'm not going to give you all that. I'll just let you ponder that one. So are we any better than him? That things sometimes shouldn't be tough? For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're in this together and we each got to pull our part. When together it's easier, lighter, divides sorrows, multiplies joys. And so as, as I thought about talking about this, and I, it, this has been, it's been 4 a.m. like for two or three nights in a row now, pondering over this, okay? And Nikki and I sat here praying last night. I had marker boards up here, and man, I was going to razzle-dazzle, right? It was going to be incredible. And I was like, and no peace about it. No, I never could. It's like, that's not me. I just want to tell you, this is where, this is where it's at. But God is still good. And we're, we're going to keep going. And is Jesus the one? Yeah. The blind can see. The lame are walking. I mean, I could, I, the gospel's being preached. It's a thing of, I could go across this room, and there's tons of people back there in the back that I could go, T- tell about the miracle God's done in your life. Tell me about how He's changed you. How, since you've been here at T-Car, tell, tell me what's happened. And, it, and, and it, we could have miracle after miracle after miracle. Addictions, people broken and set free from that. Lives changed. I mean, just amazing stuff that, that would just, it's crazy. And there's some of you that you're sitting here this morning, you're going, I'm new here, and I didn't have a clue about any of this stuff, and what are you talking about, right? Can you just go back to Hebrews, okay? Jesus is the best ever. Let's just talk about that. Don't want to talk about any of this other stuff, okay? Right? You just love it. You're just like, man, I've loved coming here, but okay? It's like, keep loving it. It's fine, Okay? Keep moving towards God and seeing what He can do, and it's all good. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. And maybe you're sitting here and you're going, I know about it, and I wish you'd shut up about it, okay? I mean, there's some people on that, they're like, I'm tired of talking about it. I am too. I'm with you, okay? I just like to, and, and it's a thing of, there's some people that, that this is where it got to. When, when the finances got to where it did, and, and we'd look around, and there's still some people kind of peeling off, and you... You see some people sluggish and sitting down and kind of sitting back and waiting and going, we'll just see what happens, or I'm just not as involved as I used to be, or, or I'm not sure, or I'm not, I hear all this stuff, and you know, there's all these questions and stuff. And we just said, well, let's just, let's, just for one, let's just say it. Here's what happened. Here's where we're at. But here's where we're still going. Okay? If you've got questions, there's people to talk to. Okay? But the kingdom is advancing, and we're going to go with it. Okay, wherever that takes us. And so if you have questions, I would say this. If you have a question about something you've heard about me, because there's all this crap, you know, um, come talk to me, okay? Come talk to me. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, there's people you can talk to. And I'd say this, that I'm, if the, get the deacons and the staff to come on up here, I'd, I'd just tell you who these people are and just go, here's, here's who to talk to. 
I have nothing to hide. They've been, uh, a couple of these guys have been here through all this. Three or four of them. I guess Dave and Tyler's the only ones that came in on the back end of it. But, um, of course, David, he's not just the drummer. He, he is our youth pastor, okay? Uh, student ministry, Tyler leads worship. Uh, Rita handles all of our ministry teams, home teams, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, Tony has been here forever. He's a fixture, okay? And he's a, he's a deacon in the church. Uh, been playing bass since they created them, I think. Um, but uh, I can remember Brady's a, a deacon also, plays guitar up here. I remember the days of practicing in, her, in his basement for our first service. Right, and I was the soundboard guy as well as the pastor, as well as sometimes the drummer. Okay, um, Bill Hillhouse is Rita's husband. He's been brought along as a deacon as well. Um, that's Rita. I've talked about her a lot in service, but she's—I did. I said she's over our home team's ministry stuff. Stay with me. That's my wife. Obviously, um, I'm just kidding. That's my wife. She is our children's minister, children's director here uh, on staff. Um, of course, Brady, he's the deacon here. And then Andrew, Bill and Andrew have come along as deacons in the last year or two. I don't know when we did your, it's been a little bit, six months, okay? Um, great initiation process, all right? Let's see what you're, if you're, where you're at with all that. But these guys, they've all been incredible, uh, walked through some crazy stuff. But you can talk to any of these people. They know everything that's going on, okay? Um, they answer your questions, okay? And so um, one of the things that I wanted to do is say to you guys is, and I know some of them are like, please don't do that. Um, is there anything you guys would want to share yourselves out of everything that we've talked about before we pray and sing a song and um, go to lunch depressed over our financial situation <laughs> okay it's going to be a, it's fine I, I'm a I joke that's my relational nature okay um, anybody have something they want to say or add to what's been said this morning I love the scripture you used about and, and that's how I learned it that the kingdom is forcefully advancing this is not a wimpy kingdom I mean you got to be tough to go with it and it said, and forceful people lay hold of it. We, we, we can't just sit back and say, well, if it happens, it happens. We all need to be a part of it. And that's mm-hmm. the tough part is going through and seeing that goal, seeing that vision, and doing it regardless of what's going on. So I would encourage all of us, get in there, be involved in everything, and let's be a body, be unified. And we use the term all in. Get all in. Mm-hmm. Throw all your chips down and say, I'm with TCAR, and I'm going to go with what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for encouraging gambling. We appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I'm, I'm not going to drag it out. If you got something you want to say, say it. If not... Going on 15. Almost, I've been at seven years. 
And even though it hasn't been the best season, I'm probably more excited than I've ever been to be a part of the Detroit. And I'm just, I'm, I just can't wait to watch what God can do because he, he does have a plan. Uh, he works in in every situation. And I, I just, I don't know, that's just a real blessing for me to think about that he is, he is more powerful than most of the spiritual darkness that can happen. Uh, we just have to, to go with it. And maybe that's where he wanted to get us, was a place where we were more dependent upon him than people that we thought were great or the stuff we had or whatever else it may be that we might have been thinking made us great. But it was just Jesus. It's been my prayer that what comes out of this is that we focus outside these walls, that we don't just pull in we don't just worry about T car so we be what we set out to be males alright um, well let's pray and then you guys are welcome to sit down if you'd like Tyler's going to except those of you who are playing because um Again, if you have any questions, call me, email me. We'll go have lunch. Okay? I'll let you buy. Okay? You can bless me if you want to. Totally okay with it. Okay? Um, and uh, well, and talk about it. But it's, I want to see God work in your life in an amazing way. And, and for you to be where you're supposed to be, part of the body of Christ, and let's reach people. The church has gotten where it, you know, one of the reasons we started this church was because we were f- failing to reach an additional 2%. Back then, this was the, the figure uh, of, the, of the population, which was much less the growing population, but just what was there. In other words, we weren't even reaching our kids. We were reaching like 2 out of 10 of our own kids in the church. Something had to change. And so that's why this church was, was, was born, was out of a heart to reach people who weren't being reached, to, to do something a little different. And so if you want to still do that, this is the place for that. Because so we're going to serve and we're going to love and we're going to try to reconcile and we're going to try to share the gospel with everybody we possibly can, especially our children and the younger generations. And so I'm excited. I'm still excited about that. That's where the heart is, okay? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for who you are. There's no doubt you're the one. Our vision just sometimes gets clouded, and we get so focused on things that do not matter. And so, Father, would you just just captivate us even more? by how wonderful you are. May we fall more and more in love with you. May we just have a passion. May we not be apathetic toward what's going on in our world, but would we see the urgency 
Father, would we use our one and only life for what matters most for you and your kingdom? Just use us. I thank you for what we've been through because of what we can learn from it and and how you continue to shape and mold us. That you can cause all things to work for, to, to the good of those who love you or are called according to your purpose, your unchangeable purpose. So we look forward to what you have for us and we know that everything we need is in you. You are awesome. You are great, period. And you are worth everything. So we love you and thank you. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.